Well, that intro, it better be good. <laughs> so, um, uh, as you all know, Pastor Allen and Michelle are in Oklahoma celebrating Austin and Jessica's uh, graduation, and they asked if I would speak today, and I said, yeah, I would love to. Actually, I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. But I really feel like God has got a word for everybody in here today. I 100% believe that, and I'm confident of that. And uh, Pastor Zach actually kind of helped develop this message a little bit. He came to me uh, right before winter camp, and he said, I want you to speak a message. So I spoke a a short version of what I'm going to speak today on serving. He said, your lifestyle is serving, and I want you to speak a message on serving. I was like, okay, cool. He was like, to the youth pastors. And I was like you want me to speak a message of serving to youth pastors who already serve? And like, if you ask Keith, like, you do a lot of serving when you're in youth ministry. And I said, okay, yeah, no problem. That'd be great. And I said, Lord, how on earth do I do that? And the Lord told me, he said, the, the word he gave me was serving beyond serving. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And here's what I ask all of you. If, if you serve in um, welcoming or the elementary or preschool, like, don't check out. God has something for you today. So I'm asking every single one of you that you have an open heart, that you have open ears to hear what God has for you and to receive it. And, and I tell Gabriel sometimes if uh, he'll, he'll mess up sometimes and he'll get down on us. Man, I'm just terrible. I can't do anything right. And I'm like, just learn from it. It's cool. Learn from it. So that's my challenge to you today is to learn today, to learn what God has for you in store. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to get after this thing. So, Father, we thank you that you're good. Father, I thank you for such an honor and a privilege to be able to stand here today and to speak your word forth. Father, I pray that you would uh, open the hearts in this room this morning. Father, I pray hearts would be open to receive what you have for them. Ears would be open to hear the good news that you have in store for them this morning. And Father, most of all, I pray that this wouldn't be a good message or a feel-good, whatever, but it would be we can make adjustments in our lives. And we can go forward doing the things that you've called us to do. So, Father, we thank you for your word, which is truth. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. So I'm going to start uh, telling a little story of a teacher who was helping uh, one of her kindergarten students put on his boots. So the little boy, he asked for help, and she could see why. With her pulling and him pushing, the boots still didn't want to go on. When the second boot boot was on, she had worked up a sweat. She almost whimpered when the little boy said, Teacher, they're on the wrong feet. She looked, and sure enough, they were. It wasn't any easier pulling the boots off than it was putting them on. She managed to keep her cool as together as they worked, as they worked together to get the boots back on, this time on the right foot. He then announced, These aren't my boots. She bit her tongue rather than get right in his face and scream, Why didn't you say so? Which is probably what I wanted to do in that situation. Once again, she struggled to help pull the ill-fitting boots off. He then said, They're my brother's boots. My mom made me wear them. (laughs) She didn't know if she should laugh or cry. She mustered up the grace and courage she had left to wrestle the boots on his feet. She said, Now where are your mittens? He said, I stuffed them in the toes of my boots. Let me tell you, Gabriel's got a pair of shoes that, like, I swear, by the time we got one halfway on, I'm ready to throw them out the window. I'm like, you got to get your mom to help you. I can't. I'm done. I'm out. And I I open it up with that to say, I believe serving is spelled three different ways. I believe it's spelled W-O-R-K. There's a lot of work that goes into serving. I believe another way it's spelled is J-O-Y. 
And I believe the last way that serving is spelled other than the typical way of serving is L-O-V-E, out of love. And so if I had to say it, I would say sometimes serving takes love because of the work that you have to put into it, but it's such a joy when you get to help somebody out. That is to sum it up right there. But the message today is serving beyond serving. And I'm going to go through, and I know Pastor Allen loves giving uh, points. So I've got seven reasons why to serve. And as we go through those, if you want to take notes, we've got seven reasons that you can jot down of why to serve. And as we're going through these reasons, I'm going to give you examples of what serving looks like. Because I know a lot of us, we have our mindset on what serving is. It's, oh, I serve in elementary, which is, that is serving. Oh, I, I do the parking, which is, it is serving. But we think sometimes that's it. That's all that serving is. And so we're going to dive into some things and, and find out seven reasons why we should serve. So 1 John 2.6 says, Those who say they live in God should live as Jesus did. Reason one, to be like Jesus. Reason one to serve is to be like Jesus. Jesus served everywhere he went. Think about it. He fed the multitudes. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. Jesus lived a lifestyle of serving that he put others before himself. And here's the cool thing, guys. If you've been born again, we have the privilege to carry Christ everywhere we go. I'm going to say that again. We have the privilege to carry Christ everywhere we go. Reason one, to be like Jesus. And some of these reasons I'm going to fly through, some of them we're going to spend a little bit more time in. Uh, but Jesus' whole life was all about serving. There's one, one right here, uh, John 13, 4 through 17. And this is a very common scripture. I'm going to read it, and you're all going to nod your head and know it. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter's always the one. He's always the one that's going to like cut somebody's ear off. Like he's the one, right? Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my, are you going to wash me at my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter explained, then wash my hands and my head as well. Lord, not just my feet. To be entirely cleaned, and you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. This is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that is what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash others' feet. I have given you this example. Do as I have done. I tell you the truth. Slaves are no greater than their masters, nor is the master, the messenger, more important than the one who sends the message. Now that, these things, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. There's two things to that that stand out to me in that scripture. We're going to go back about halfway through it. And he said, but not all of you are clean because I know one will betray me. Jesus washed all of the disciples' feet. Not just the good disciples. He served all of them. So it's so easy to serve when we like the person. It's so easy to serve when it's a good person or it's our friend. But what about our enemies? What about the one that's going to betray us? That's what Jesus did right here. He gave an example of serving beyond serving. 
Because it's easy to serve the ones that we love. It's easy to serve the ones that aren't going to betray us. And then the final point of that scripture is reason to, to serve. And this is a good reason right here. The very end of that scripture says, God will bless you for doing them. You want to be blessed? Serve. I'm going to tell you a little quick story. I, uh, the Beasleys needed help moving, uh, I don't know, a month ago, a few weeks ago, a month ago. And, and there was a group of us that went out there, me and Ryan and Nazar and Alan Atterbury and Mike Gardner and I hope I'm not forgetting him, but Kevin Hanner. We all went out to their house and we helped uh, move them. Some stuff had to go to storage. Some stuff had to go to their new apartment. And, and so we all went out there and moved them. And you want to be blessed. And it doesn't always work like this. But Kevin said, hey, I've got this storage shed that I'm not taking with me. If you want it, you can have it. It was a nice storage shed. He said, if you want it, you can have it. Kevin loaded it up on his trailer, brought it to my house, and now the storage shed's full. It's funny how that works. You get more storage space and you fill it up. Here's the thing. You want to be blessed, serve. It's real, real simple. It doesn't always work that quick, but it did in that case for me. Now I've got a storage shed out of it. I didn't do it to get the storage shed, but that was a byproduct of serving. So that's reason two, to serve. So Jesus was a prime example of serving his whole life. And I want us to, to really view today serving through the eyes of Jesus. And Jesus, he served in other ways than just feeding the multitudes and healing the sick. He carried a cross that belonged to me and you. You see, he served you and me today by carrying a cross that was mine, that was yours to carry but he carried that cross so we could be made right with God. So we could have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. So we could be in right standing with God Almighty. Jesus served us out of love. The love that he had for us. The love that he had for his Father is why he carried that cross. So, in 1 John 3.16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Jesus laid his life down. He served in love. That's what serving is. You see, when we say yes to Jesus, we're saying no to ourselves. I'm going to say that one more time. So many times we think when we give our lives to Christ, it's just a one-time prayer. But when we say yes to Jesus, we're saying, God, here I am. Have your way in my life. And I think about this. If anybody have ever seen that movie, uh, I think the name of it was Mars Attack. It came back at like the 80s or 90s, like super old movie. Well, these like aliens attack Earth and their whole mission, their whole purpose is to like take over Earth, right? Well, the Bible says that we're like aliens on this Earth. This is not our home. We're just passing through. We're all on a mission and we're all on a purpose. If we had that mindset as Christians, it would change the way we think. So many times we're so selfish when we go through our everyday life. And when we just, it's about me, it's about, and and, and like I said, I'm not here to condemn anybody. Let's learn, let's adjust, and let's move forward with our walk with Christ. I'm going to give some examples of walking in love and what it looks like if we open our eyes to serving. If we open our eyes to walking in love, it'll make a world of difference. Joy, uh, she's going to be like, what? She didn't know she was in my sermon. 
Joy, Joy and Ryan and Gabriel, they go to this private Christian school, which is cool. The teacher comes out to me one day. I'm dropping them off at school. And she says, hey, can I bring Joy to go get, I don't know, her nails done, toes done, pedicure, medicare, whatever it is you girls do. Can I bring Joy to go get that done? And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, like, ask Mindy, set it up. Y'all work it out, do it. What a blessing. Like, she's her teacher. All she has to do is teach her, go home, have a good day. See ya. But she went over and above to serve one of our students. She walked in love. That's what, if we open our eyes to these kind of things, guys, it can change the world. I'll tell you another example. And some of you may have been there this day, but had no clue this happened. It was one day after church, we all went to Zaxby's. And uh, I'm going to brag on Alan Atterbury back there for a minute. And, and we're in there, and there's a group of us. I don't know. When we go to lunch, there's always 15 or 20 of us, right? And I'm sitting down. I've ordered my food, and I'm sitting down, and I see Alan up there. And I'm just watching. And I see Alan up there go to get a straw, and there was no straws left in the little holder. So what's the natural thing to do? You walk over to the counter and say, hey, can I have a straw, right? Well, this is what Alan does. He walks over to the counter. And he says, hey, there's no straws out here. If you give me a bunch, I'll put them in the holder for you. What did that take? 30 seconds? The man was like, thanks. Alan got his straw, put the straws in there, went and sat down. Lunch, we're all sitting down, and I stand up, and because for some reason the microphone's not working that day, and so I'm kind of up there listening for everybody's orders and kind of helping. Uh, hey, is this your order? Is this your food? Well, I see an order come up with two kids' meals. I'm like, got to be Alan Atterbury, all right? So I said, hey, Alan, is this your food? It's order number, blah, 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 whatever. And he's like, no, no, that ain't mine. That was that family that was in front of me in the back of Zaxby's. Alan Atterbury gets up, walks to the back of Zaxby's, hey, I think your food's ready. That's two servings he just did in like a mist of two minutes. Just walking in love. It's a lifestyle. Serving is a lifestyle. It's not just coming on Sunday mornings and doing your duty on Sunday mornings. It is a everyday, Monday through Sunday lifestyle. And I'm bragging on Alan because I believe 100% that's his lifestyle. Everywhere he goes, everything he does, he's looking to serve one another. Is he perfect? No, none of us are. But if we open our eyes to those kind of things, watch what ways God can use us. Ephesians 6, 6 through 8. Try to please them all the time, not when just... Not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all of your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember, the Lord will reward each of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or whether we are free. Here's the thing. When we do this, when we serve, when we do it with all of our hearts, God, I love you. I'm going to give you all that I am. And like I said, when we say yes to Jesus, we're saying no. I'm surrendering my lives to you. Here I am, God. Use me. All that I am at work, we should be the best employee at work. As Earl Lowry says all the time, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Maybe not the greatest, but we should, our employer, our boss should want like a hundred of us. Because we work and we serve and we work and we serve. Which is going to bring me to my fourth point here in a minute. First Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift, a variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to well serve one another. God's given us all gifts. He's given us all areas in our lives that we can serve one another. Use them to serve one another. 
I'm going I'm to give you guys a story, a, a brief rundown of my testimony. I got saved back when I was a senior in high school, 2003, the end of 2003, December of 2003. And when I got saved, like, I mean, I was a sinner. Like, I was legit sinner. Like, I could sin with the best of them. That was me right there, right? Anybody in here like that? Oh, you're so holy people in here. <laughs> I was a sinner, but when I was saved, it was like a light switch. It was night and day. It was completely different. And I had the revelation, Lord, what can I do? What can I do to ever pay you back for all that you've done for me? And so I basically asked my youth pastor or the, the pastor of the church, like, where can I help? What can I do? And he's like, well, I mean, we need somebody to help run the sound. I'm like, great. I know nothing about music, but that's awesome. I can turn a button up and down. And so they taught me the very brief, like, this is the volume. That makes this person go louder. When you turn it down, it makes him go, cool, I can handle that. That's where I started serving. But I want you to understand how, where God has taken me. I want you to understand. I'm going to tell you my story and walk you through it. So I start there, and I'm in, uh, I become a, a teen leader in the youth group. I become where all the kids look up to me. I'm still in high school, but all the kids look up to me and my two best friends. We got saved around the same time. Because we were hungry for God. We were passionate for God. And so we become teen leaders. Well, then we graduate from high school. And it's like, well, now what? What are we going to do? Well, the youth pastor comes to us and he says, why don't y'all be youth leaders? Cool. I can do that. Like, what's my role? And I was the guy that they dressed in a costume. And they gave, like, the kids, like, the air bats that you blow up. And, like, they beat you. That was my role. Like, cool. I can get beat with the best of them. That was me. That was my job. And that's what I did. I served. I didn't have the front stage. I wasn't up front giving a message. I was the beat up guy. I was the guy that made the kids want to come. That was fun. That was my role. Cool. I can do that. I was faithful. Did that. Time went on. Years went on. We're at Auburn Fellowship. Pastor Matt and Rachel comes up to us and they said, hey, we've got two youth coming to the church and we have no youth what are we going to do like what do we do with them i said well if we don't start a youth group we'll never have one so let's start one so we started one and uh, we had two teenagers that was coming to the church at the time and and we said let's invite everybody let's make this first night awesome like you're 11 you're not in sixth grade that's cool you can come like no big deal it's cool we had five people that first night show up for youth group the two that we started it for did not come because they thought it would be lame because it was two kids probably it was lame. No. So we started a youth group, faithful, serving, faithful, just doing what God's asked us to do, staying faithful, serving. We grew the youth group to one point to about 30 to 35 kids. So I'm preaching on Wednesday nights to about 30 to 35 kids, serving, being faithful, building a team, serving, being faithful. Well, then we connect with Zach Bigley and plugged in camp. And so I bring the kids, and we go to Plugged In the first year, and I'm just a youth pastor bringing their teenagers. Second year was the same. And then I'm talking to him after the second year of Plugged In. He said, well, what'd you think? What's, I want your opinion from a youth pastor. And I said, man, I can't tell you of a better youth camp. Like, it's loads of fun, but it's so rich. It's so good. And I'm praising them how good the camp is. I said, but if there was one thing I could change, I said, and I, I said this nicer. I said, basically, your game guy's lame. Like, basically is what I said. And I said, I'm not saying that to put him, I'm just trying to give you feedback. He's very monotone. Like, he's not hyped. He's not exciting. He's like, 
well, why don't you come on and do it for me? And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm not asking for a job. I'm just telling you, you asked for feedback. So I'm trying to help you. And he had me already do an icebreaker. So he saw the way I interacted on the stage. So he's like, well, I'm not trying to, I, I want you. I want you as my game guy. And I was like, look, I'm not trying to replace somebody. I'm not trying to come in. He's like, no, I want you as my game guy. And I was like, okay. But like, know that I'm not trying to get a position. I'm not saying this. I'm trying to help plugged in. He's like, well, come be my game guy. All right, we'll do. All of a sudden, I go from the sound guy, which is totally cool, which is awesome. Tony does awesome back there. Y'all give Tony a hand. He's always back there serving. I go from the sound guy to a youth leader to the youth pastor. Now I'm on the stage in front of 200 kids. You see how God has promoted me from, being sa- from serving faithfully. I'm on the stage in front of 200 kids. Well, then Zach comes to me at winter camp, and he says at winter camp, he says, hey, I want you to teach us a message on serving to my youth pastors. Now I'm reaching the youth pastors who get to reach the kids. It's even a bigger audience. Here I am today. Believe this or not, this is my first ever Sunday morning message. I've preached on the Wednesday night to teenagers. I've closed out worship. Believe it or not, this is my first ever Sunday morning message. But it's from being faithful and serving and doing what God's asked me and just keep going and just keep doing. And is it hard sometimes? Yeah. Is it work sometimes? Yeah. But when you stay faithful and you keep serving, you keep doing what God's asked you at work. If you keep serving, you don't understand my boss. You keep being faithful. Promotion will come. Reason number four to serve, promotion will come. Promotion will come. Reason two was God will bless you to be blessed. Reason four is promotion will come. I'm going to tell you one more story about camp, and we're going to kind of get through this thing a little bit. How am I doing on time? Oh, yeah, we're good. Plenty of time. Lunch don't start till 12 anyways. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> so, all right, I'm at, we're at camp, and Pastor Zach, the first two years, pretty much ran the games. He had a game guy, but all the game guy did was, like, announce the scores and... Um, but he ran them. Like, he was over them. Like, he overseen all the teams that they were put together. He overseen all the, all the different games and the rotations and the schedule and made sure it was all running smooth. That was his job. That was what he did. He preached. He got all the services ready. He did it all because he had to, and he had the grace to do it. Well, a couple years goes by, I'm, I'm doing the games for him. I don't even remember what year this is, and, and I'm always used to seeing Zach out there. He's always out there just interacting with the kids, being a part But let me tell you, his number one job is to preach. His number one job is to get kids on fire for God. That is his job, whether the tactic is using games, whatever, but that's his job. Well, one day, we're out there during the games, and it's all functioning. It's all doing smoothly. I'm I'm over him. Like, it's it's not because I'm great. It's just because he showed me how to do it, and it's working. Like, and I noticed afterwards, I said, I didn't see you at all during the games. He's like, that's because I was taking a nap. What a blessing, that was reason five to serve, to be a blessing to others. He was able to go rest. Because let me tell you something. If any youth pastor, any youth leader that's ever been to camp, they can tell you other than Keith Matthews, because he's in bed at nine o'clock, that you don't get any sleep at camp. <laughs> you don't get any sleep at camp. He was able to rest. What a blessing I was being to him. He was able to rest and to prepare for the main part of the service. The main thing that God put on him. We serve to be a blessing to others. That's reason number five. 
Ephesians 4.16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does his own special work. He helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 2 Corinthians 2.18. Oh, actually, skip that. Hold on, skip that. I'll come back to 2 Corinthians. I want to go over to the next point. The whole part, the body, growing healthy, growing full in love. I'm going to tell you one more story. And I think that's all my stories. I'll tell you one more story. This girl, she was in our life, our small group, life group, small group that we were leading at the time, serving, right? We were leading a life group. We were serving the people. Yet again, I didn't mention that, but this, at this point in our lives, we're, we're leading a small group. And this girl is coming and she becomes pregnant. We should stone her to death because she is not married. We should kick her out of our small group and say, you have no right here. You have sinned against God. You're going straight to hell, right? That's what we should have done. We loved her. We loved this girl. We encouraged this girl. We loved this girl. We encouraged this girl. Seven months comes along of being pregnant. We loved her. Eight months, nine months. Nine months into the pregnancy, me and Mindy are in uh, Florida on vacation. And I don't know who does this, but we decided to leave vacation early to come back and rest. I guess the only reason you would do that is if your Holy Spirit led on that one. And we had no idea at the time. So we leave Florida and we're coming back through and we get a call. We're about to pass Montgomery, and we said we get a call that her baby was born, and he's a stillborn baby, meaning he's a living vegetable. He's on a ventilator. That's the only thing keeping him alive. And so we're like, well, we're going to stop. We're, we're going to Montgomery. So we stop in Montgomery, and uh, we get there, and her parents are there, and she's there, and the, the, the dad is there. And, and, like, we don't do anything magic. Like, we're just there. We're just hugging. We're just loving. We're just crying. We're just, we're just there. And I said, well, you know, what's next? What's the next step? And she said, we're, we're going to UAB. They're bringing us to Birmingham and UAB. So I called my sister. She worked at a hotel. I said, hey, Cindy, I need two hotel rooms in Birmingham. I don't know for how long, one night, two nights, but I need two hotel rooms. What can you do for me? She calls the hotel room. She books me two. We go, we pay for it because that's what we do. We serve. Like, that's who we are. We serve. We pay for the hotel rooms. Never even mention it to them. They come and have a rest. And we're just there. We go with them. We're there. Like, the baby doesn't get healed. The baby is, the baby dies. But we're just there. Her parents are there. Her parents, at this point in their lives, were away from church because they've been hurt by the church. They were hurt by a pastor, so they didn't go to church anymore. And we're just there. We're loving on them. We're crying with them. We're not doing anything great. We're just there. We're just serving. She comes and the baby dies and uh, she comes to the small group and the questions of why? Why did God allow this to happen? Why? Why? And they're all legit answers when you're, questions when you're going through that kind of thing. And we just loved her and we just encouraged her and we loved her. From all of that, her parents started coming back to the church. She is fully involved in her church and she was very unstable in her walk at that point. She's fully involved in the church today. Her parents started coming to the church. If I told you her parents' name, you would know them. Joel and Judy Rogers. They were out of church for years. I'd never seen anybody serve like Mr. Joel. I spoke at his funeral. They asked if I would speak at his funeral. I met him at a crisis where all we did was be there. All we did was serve. Six reason to serve, to advance or to help build the body of Christ. This is why we serve. This is what we do. Reason one, to be like Jesus. Reason two, to be blessed. Reason three, to walk in love as Jesus did. Reason four, promotion will come. Reason five, to be a blessing to others. Reason six, to advance 
or help the body of Christ. So I'm going to, we're going to go to the last reason. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. 2 Corinthians 6.18. So if I had to say that, reason seven, we are sons and daughters of the living God. Or if I had to reword that a little bit, we have connected with the cross through Christ. We've connected with Christ through the cross. Or if I had to say this one other way, the reason we serve is the love we have for God. That is the main reason we serve, is the love that we have for God. I want you to know something, church. God's love for you, he gave his life. He carried the cross out of a love that he has for each and one of us. We serve not just to be good people. We serve not just to be Christians, but we serve out of a love that we have for God. I want you to know something. I want you this thought. I'm going to give you this thought. God made man from the dust of the ground. Think about that. Why not just say, let there be man? Let there be light, and there was. Let there be dark, and there was. Let there be the birds in the sky. Let there be land, and there was. Why not say, let there be man? It's that simple. But God formed us from the dust of the ground. I believe he did that because we are his prime possession. Because he wanted to make us just perfect in his image. He took more time developing us molding us to make us in his, in his image because he desired relationship with us. That's it, church. That's it. I could sit here and say we serve because that's what we do at church, but that's, that's not it. We serve because we got a God that loves us. And out of that love for us, we should love him back. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you, church. I want you to hear that. Let's be a church. Let's be a people that serve out of the love that we have for God, for all that he's done for us. The Bible says, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. All that we are, love God. And I asked you at the very beginning of the service to have an open heart, to have an open mind, to hear what God has in store for you. And, and, and Jesus asked Peter, here we go back to Peter, right? The one, he asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? If God was standing right here today by your actions, by the way you lived, by your servanthood, if God said, by your actions and everything that you've done, do you love me? What would you say? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. I go to church on something. That's good. And I'm not sitting here preaching salvation by doing That's not the message at all. I want you to hear my heart. We do out of a heart for God. So if God stood here, do you love me? Do you love me? What would you tell him? Would you be able to say, yes, Lord, look at my life? Or or would you be at a point right here, which is totally okay, where you said, Lord, I've, I've fallen short. Forgive me. Forgive me. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. I'm going to open up the altar. And we're going to sing that last song one more time. And if you want to just come up here and kneel at the altar and just say, Lord, I've fallen short in some areas. Lord, I haven't loved you with my life. I haven't loved you with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, all my body. If that's you, I want, and you want to just come and kneel at the altar. God, I love you. Forgive me. 
And maybe you just want to love on the Lord and you want to come up to the altar. Come on. But I'm going to do that and I'm going to do one more thing. If you've never given your life to Christ and you're like, I've never heard it presented where he formed me so he could be with me. He's desired relationship. He's, his desire is relationship with you and me. He made a way through Jesus when we messed it up. I want you to come forward. I want to pray with you. If you've never given your life to Jesus. And if, if you have, and you just want to come up here and kneel at the altar, just to love on God. Because here's the thing. As we go into this song, as we go into this song, he formed us from the dust of the ground. And then he, he breathed life into our lungs. It's his breath in our lungs. And if you want to sit at your seat or stand up, hold us all to stand up because he's sovereign. He's worthy of our praise. And you want to worship right there. I want you to worship. Let's worship the living God in this place as we close out this morning. As we say, come forward. If you want to kneel at the altar, if you've never given your life to Christ, if not, let's worship. Let's not be spectators, but let's worship the one who's worthy of our praise. Let's live a lifestyle of service as we go.